Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry, where we get to talk to people who are building a more humane world from the inside out. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and today my guest is over the pond, so to speak, in London, Teresa Kahn. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Dick. Thank you for having me. What a surprise pleasure. We, we hadn't planned ahead too much for this. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Maybe that's the best way for me, actually. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, we did meet in this Zoom call, Ancient Secrets, universe <laughs> of sorts, uh, galaxy, I'm not sure what to call it, and uh, I know a little bit about you, and so uh, let's just see if our audience can learn your story, because I'm finding from your website, uh, which is uh, TeresaKahn.com, is that it? Yes, and Kahn is spelled K-A-H-N as opposed to K-H-A-N, which is what a lot of people spell it. Okay, and also, Teresa is T-H-E-R-E-S-A-K-A-H-N.com. Good. So, were you born in England? Uh, No, I wasn't born in England. I I actually um, was born in Germany. It gets complicated because I'm not even... Well, actually, I am British now because I've lived here uh, in London for about 30-some years. But I, I am American. <laughs> it gets complicated. My father was in the military. I'm what you call, or used to be called, an Air Force brat. So my father and my mother started doing their traveling. When they were 19 and my mother was 18, uh, they married. And then my father soon joined the military. We, I lived in Germany where I was born. Uh, we lived in France, lived in Japan, uh, then back in Germany again. So I spent most of my life overseas mm-hmm. rather than in America. So I suppose I'm not a typical American maybe. And then when my father finished his service, we went to Utah where he actually continued his service, but finished his service in uh, Europe. Then we went to Utah and I went to the university there. And then I saw that there was a program uh, as an exchange student to come to London, which I did because I I suppose I always had the European kind of soul or heart within me. And I ended up never going back. Oh, wow. (laughs) I know. I ended up staying in London. And uh, of course, I went back to visit. Oh, yeah. But then my, when my father retired, he got a job in Saudi Arabia. So they spent 20 years in Saudi Arabia. So it's not like, you know, they were in America. Mm-hmm. I have family in America, but my parents were in America. They lived in Saudi Arabia for 20 years. And in fact, I was closer to them than if I was in America. So right. I used to see them frequently because they'd come through London to go to America. And I used to go to Saudi Arabia quite a bit, in fact. Well, that gives you quite a, a broad 
perspective on the world? That... Well, it gave me a perspective of a multicultural kind of world of different religions and cultures and beliefs. And I think that was great. I, you know, I now realize that that was, you know, a great deal of my upbringing and beliefs and, and made it much more wide for me as well yeah so it was it was a great kind of education and experience and it certainly was my parents education mm -hmm. and experience and I'm, I'm really thankful for it i mean i used to think that you know you would meet people and then you would go away you know so you get close to people then you go away so in that respect it maybe it wasn't so great but yet it made me able to deal with change a lot more. I mean, I'm okay about change, whereas some people aren't okay about change. But I'm kind of, I greet change. I, I welcome change. So it's okay. So I suppose that helps in that way. Well, we're certainly going through some changes over here. Yeah. A lot of people are affected by it, where it, it's major, major, major as regards to change. And that's what I do. I help people through that sort of stuff as well. So Zoom has been a, a great help to link up with, with people. Like you know, we are on the same experiment with Dr. Clint. So that we've met loads of people through them. And I'm also doing an eight-week uh, meditation group. And we link up that way. I think there's probably about 140-some on that. Who is that? Jeanette Quarley, yeah. Jeanette Crowley, um, an American actually in Colorado, where I'm, well, I say I'm from, but where my family are and my parents grew up in a little town called Salida. Uh -huh. And uh, they were next door neighbors, 12 years old when they met. And uh, so it's Colorado. So if I told you a short story of going back to college at the University of Missouri in 19, let's say, I think it was 73, 74, and taking a course from a gentleman named uh, Dr. John Nyhart, who went to the Dakotas and spent a considerable time with a man named Black Elk and wrote a book called Black Elk Speaks. And uh, John Nyhart lived just outside of Columbia, Missouri, where I grew up. And although the class was one of those video classes that he had taped the class before, because he actually died the very semester I was taking his class. But you have, I, I hear, some connection with uh, Black Elk in some way. Is that correct? Oh, uh, yes. I met the son and daughter. That would be the grandfather. That would be their grandfather. I think about 15 years ago. And my husband and I wanted a, a blessing. We had gotten married and we wanted that kind of blessing. We actually got married in a Buddhist temple and we wanted that kind of blessing so I got a hold of somebody in Colorado and it happened to be the granddaughter and grandson mm -hmm. and we became friends they did their uncle actually did the blessing for us and we've become friends and every time we go to Colorado we're invited to their Lakota ceremonies mm -hmm. which are quite amazing yeah and the last one was in July uh, 2019 and I received a Native American, sacred Native American name, Wombly Chalui, which was really amazing. It was, it was incredible, actually. We were in a sweat lodge 
I know it sounds like, how can you be in there for three hours? I mean, we have breaks, so it's not like we're in sitting in there, but it's intensely hot. Mm -hmm. The heat is amazing, intensely hot. And one of the Lakota ladies had brought in an a eagle head and the wings of the ego. But the eagle wasn't killed for this ceremony. Usually the park rangers find eagles that happen to be dead. Uh, and they usually give them that to the Native Americans who are on the list, the government list, to receive them for their sacred ceremonies. So this woman happened to receive, she was on the top of the list and she happened to receive uh, the, the parts, which was the head and these massive rings. Mm. Uh, and she had brought them because she wanted uh, them to be blessed within that ceremony. And she happened to be sat on my right-hand side and uh, Wesley Blackout um, sat on my left-hand side who was facilitating the mm -hmm. sweat watch. And they were placed in front of me. And it was through the spirit of the eagle that my name was given and was relayed to uh, Wesley Blackout, who then gave it to me. So it was exciting and it was amazing. I have to say, when I came out, it, it, <laughs> you, you have this amazing purification. Uh, it's a real cleanse and it almost feels like a rebirthing as well. So it's a type of healing. In fact, they have these sweat lodges on the American military base in Colorado. The government has given them land. It's a massive uh, land in, on the military base. And they, that's not where we had ours. We had ours in Boulder, but in, the, in Colorado Springs. And the sweat lodge is there for military folk, the, the men and women who go abroad and have some um, issues because of what they've experienced. Mm. So they're allowed to use the sweat lodge. So they're welcome to come in the sweat lodge as well, because it's a very deep healing that takes place within that sweat lodge. Yeah. So whenever we go there, we are always invited to one of their ceremonies. So it, it's, mm -hmm. it, I find it quite amazing. But, you know, apart from that, it's only probably about three years ago or four years ago that we did our DNA tests and found out that my father actually has about 48% Native and my mother has about 38% Native. Wow. So... Yeah, so that was really interesting to find out. But I, I need to go back and look at what actual native that they have, because they were in the military. We, you know, we were all over the world. It wasn't something that we looked into. I have a teaching degree in education, and, and I received that in the uh, here at the University of London. Um, oh, okay. I used to, that's why I came, I came here, but I didn't finish the degree that I came for. It's only when I started teaching in a college here that I was given the opportunity to go for my teaching qualification to teach in the college. So I did it in a different way, uh, yes. which is great. So I taught for quite a while as a lecturer in the FE college, further education college, uh, teaching English as a second language. Uh, and I taught there for many years. And then I became a lecturer with special responsibilities. 
and then eventually became a manager of a government-funded project within the college. And that was to bring courses in English into the community because there are a lot of people within the community who didn't feel that they could come into a college. So I would create courses out in the community mm -hmm. and then that would then enable them to eventually find employment. So it was an employment incentive to uh, government funded that I did for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And then my husband was teaching psychology there and uh, he's a psychologist, forensic uh, mental health psychologist. And we decided in 2009 to let go of that work <laughs> and then go to Spain. Because he, at that time I had been doing a lot of training as well in healing, in various holistic therapy modalities whilst I was teaching. And he had been doing training in cognitive behavior therapy mm -hmm. and so then we decided that we would let go of our full-time jobs and <laughs> we didn't have a job to go to <laughs> and we decided to go to Spain and and we just trusted we were we we were at that stage where we were just going to trust and follow our inner guidance and go with that and so we set up our own training company and what we found is that we would have to come back to London to do a lot of our work in the end but we would within organizations training Kevin doing it in mental health and I was doing it to do with stress and the organization and uh, mindfulness within mm -hmm. the organizations and then eventually the college uh, the organization started having their own in-house trainers in the end mm -hmm. so the kind of business went more into what kevin does which is expert witness and i then started just doing purely my holistic modalities that mm -hmm. i use and work with clients and mm -hmm. so eventually we came back to london and started building up our work more mm -hmm. and now we're able to spend the summers i mean the winters in spain except not this year you know the ancient secrets of the master healer the experiment a lot of techniques in there learning mm -hmm. those so that i can implement them uh, for myself definitely but also for clients you're growing a, an expanded toolkit massive toolkit <laughs> yeah. yeah so i noticed that you have training in uh, reiki as well as uh neuro-linguistic programming is that right Yes, neuro-linguistic programming. Um, I trained with Richard Bandler. But, you know, uh, these are just tools that I use. I've kind of veered towards intuitive life coaching. I use my intuition a lot. I, I've got that ability to use a lot of the gifts that I have that I am using more now. So I, I'm, I'm a facilitator, I'm a coach, I'm a teacher, I'm a, uh, I suppose, oftentimes a spiritual guide. And I'm very sensitive. I, I now know to be an empath, I'm an empath. So I use those abilities. I use my intuition and I help people in that way. But I use a lot of the techniques that I've been trained for and I use those little techniques that I have. NLP, CBT, all those kind of things that I have, I take out depending on 
the person I'm working with. So they kind of have a bespoke kind of thing going on. I'm sure your work mostly was face-to-face. Is that correct? Mostly face-to-face, but I mean, I could do a lot of my work without being face-to-face, even the healing, because the healing can be sent in a distant way. Uh, So uh, through remotely, I should Mm -hmm. say, remotely. So that hasn't changed in that respect. And what hasn't changed either is that we don't have an office to go to. We're used to working um, basically from the home. So that hasn't changed. That hasn't been a real major change. So you mentioned healing or using, let's say, Reiki remotely. Is that what you were suggesting? Uh, Yes, you can send that remotely. I'm familiar with prayer, where you can send prayers or energy in that way to others. So I hadn't really thought about doing Reiki remotely. The remote Reiki is taught in uh, Reiki 2, where you're able to send it distantly. Like you said, with prayer, you could send prayers, can't you, remotely? One is attuned to uh, be able to do this type of work. One has an attunement, and you get the attunement in the traditional form through a Reiki master teacher. So I, I am a Reiki master teacher, and I teach as well the various levels mm-hmm. of Reiki. And so there's no sort of, you know, it's, there's no time, there's no space, there's no, like a prayer, like you mentioned prayer it it goes doesn't it well uh recce uh it, it happens that you can send it remotely so i would book somebody in for 45 minutes i would ask them to lie down uh where they're not disturbed with their uh phones switched off and and they're comfortable and they're lying down and i, I uh, usually have a little chat via zoom now uh about 10, 15 minutes, and then they'll go and lie down. We switch off the Zoom, and then I will be in my space, and I will be there for 45 minutes sending uh, recce to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing. You know, people have always felt something. It's, it, <laughs> it, it works, uh, and I'm there for 45 minutes sending recce to them. And, um, yeah, so you could do it that way. So which, which is wonderful now that this is happening, that you can still send Reiki. And I work with a lot of people who I send Reiki to. Yeah. I had an image of hands over a body and a sensing of energy places in the body and, I don't know, blockages or needs. Yeah. And then moving some of that energy. Well, I I wouldn't, I'm not like moving it. Reiki goes automatically to the imbalance. I am like the channel for the Reiki to come through. So it's not me directing Reiki. Reiki will go automatically to the imbalance. It's almost as if it has its own consciousness. So I'm, I mean, there are certain hand positions that you would use, but you know, it will go automatically. I'm the channel that comes through me and then out into my hands. And it, and so when distantly, I would sometimes people use a photograph. You could use a photograph. Sometimes people use even like a, a teddy bear. And you can imagine that person there and you could go over like that. I have, I use like a, a, a paper here and, the, and it has the symbols, the distance healing symbol. And I imagine that the head is at the top and the, the, the feet are at the bottom. And so I'm working on the body in that way oh, okay. and it works in that way. But you could use just their name and you could 
put it between your hands like that. There are many ways you could do it, but that's how I do it. And so they're actually getting a full body Reiki mm -hmm. treatment mm -hmm. uh, when I do that. And I hear amazing results with that. People feel energy moving within mm -hmm. them. And um, yeah, so it's... So when you expand well. that understanding or that practice into looking at uh, our energetic existence, uh, maybe, I don't know if you, it's more spiritual or I don't know what label to use, but as if there is an energy source or realm that you're able to direct and that this is a positive energy that you're moving. You know, it's fascinating as to you being a channel for the healing as if it comes from somewhere. Well, energy is all around us. It's uh -huh. everywhere. It's in everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's universal life force energy. So when you say where it comes from, it's universal and it comes to that. So, for example, um, you know, I like to explain it in this way where uh, you have spiritual healing and you have Reiki healing. Uh, spiritual healing, they access universal life force. But with Reiki, you have to be attuned by a, another Reiki master teacher and in the traditional form of shui reiki you have to have a connection to makau shui your lineage has to be connected to that mm. uh, to him so the difference between reiki and i suppose spiritual healing is that i've been attuned and then i attune others and then their lineage will connect to me and then go all the way to shui makau shui and so you have to have that lineage. And so spiritual healing, they will access, but they haven't been attuned. And, and there's, I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just the difference between mm -hmm. the two. Yeah. yeah. And so in a lineage like that, the original teacher, even when we're talking like Buddhism and the original teacher, we might say is Buddha. And, and in this uh, Ancient Secrets uh, book that we've read and yeah. we're talking about, there's a lineage uh, that Dr. Naram was uh, yeah. attuned to or <laughs> trained by. Yes. But, but even the original teacher probably gave credit beyond him or herself to a power greater. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And there is a power greater. Uh, there is a power greater. And I suppose when you were saying about how you connect that to the energy, it's all around us. And, you know, we affect one another all the time. We affect through our thought processes, through our behavior. Um, yeah. So once you realize that, then you become more conscious of how you're thinking, you know, about another, about yeah. the world, etc. Your behavior changes as well, because we affect it. Every living thing we're affecting more and more. I, I'm, I, I'm seeing that more and more. Um, do you not agree? I do agree, totally. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so when you were asking that, so that's how I see how it all works. We have somewhat, again, connections in our past training. Mine turned out to be both academic in psychology, but on the spiritual side, I was involved with a church-type group that did very intensive, not only Bible study, but uh, counseling and prayer and laying out of hands and kind of the whole 
nine yards, you might say. So there was a lot of inner work and working with other people and the energy that would be uh, transferred and, and so on. Um, so it, it sort of had its own language, but it was still very similar to what you're describing um, in terms of how... Yes, I, I think so. I think it's similar. Similar, and, but like you said, maybe different language and a different kind of way of getting there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because my, my route wasn't... Um, it started to be academic. And then I kind of went down a different way and, and gained what I needed to gain uh, in a different way, but still kind of meeting in the same point in the end, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. And in fact, we are, aren't we? Uh, physically. Uh, in yeah. 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 Which, which, again, uh, it amazes me because it really tells me time and time again how we're connected how all of us are connected in, 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 in some shape or form. And we're finding out this more and more with the pandemic. You know, hasn't it forced you? It's forced me to kind of, you know, really go more within. I mean, I've always kind of journeyed within. That's what I, I love about this. I, I've always done that, you know, even as a child. But, you know, even more so on a more deeper level. Uh, and, yeah. So how did you uh, get initiated into this uh, Ancient Secrets group? What was your draw? Well, it was just because I was looking for other ways of other techniques and, and uh, strategies, uh, modalities of, of, and I wanted them to be ancient. You know, I, 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 had, that, I had that in my mind. I, I wanted to do some research around that. So I just happened to be on the internet and, and typed in ancient healing <laughs> and and that came up well several things came up but i was attracted to what was said about dr naram i hadn't heard about him before and then again about uh dr clint rogers so um and so i was attracted and then there was that experiment the very first experiment before the, even the book came out and i normally don't join things like that i don't know why i sometimes think oh i don't know <laughs> so, <laughs> and but i happened to do it and and I was glad, actually, because I'm still here three experiments later. Or is it four experiments? I don't know. And I'm glad because, you know, I, I'm, I'm finding them very useful for myself, but I'm also finding them very useful for my clients as well. From what I know now, but I understand now that there's going to be an opportunity for us to learn much more mm -hmm. around the healing techniques, which I'm keen to learn. Yeah. Right. So can you share a bit of what you see as potential tools for you or maybe tools that you've already started using certainly the the principles the school of thought the mamas was it new to you uh yes the mamas were new the home remedies the mm -hmm. home remedies are excellent Mm -hmm. home remedies all the ingredients in your home and if you don't you can just go and get them and and they're you know great purpose and help to heal so the mamas the home remedies the pulse reading i don't know about so much i don't know we don't know about that but you right. know i had my pulse read and i was able to uh, know about my doshas and my imbalances and hence the herbal remedies but i'm really interested i'm interested in all of that 
but certainly at the moment I'm able to share the mamas and the home remedies and the principles. Yeah. And the book itself is available. And of course, the book itself. I mean, that's invaluable. The book itself. Yeah, definitely. The book ancient, itself. ancient secrets of a master healer. <laughs> I can see you coming across that on the internet with your search for something ancient and healing. I mean, you know, it had to be just perfect timing for you. Yeah, it was perfect timing, but that's how it works, mm -hmm. isn't it? I, I find that's how it works. I don't know how you would call it, but I can't call it a, a, a guiding, you know, an, an intuitive guiding. And that's how I kind of live my life mm -hmm. more and more now. Well, that's actually the way that you're on this call today. <laughs> yes, I know. You, you sprang that up on me. Well, I, I had thought I had another guest that I was going to interview, but uh, that person wasn't able to follow through. And here we were, a few of us on the Zoom call, and there was no question of the ones that were there who I wanted to invite for this possibility. And, and here you were available. And, and what wonderful story of your life that you're exposing here to us. I really you know, it's very kind of you, uh, Dick, because I'm, I, I wouldn't normally kind of, I suppose I'm, I, I like to write, so I'm, I'm more of a write, like writing and, and being in my own kind of place writing, rather than to be in front of a camera. I, I'm, but I have to do, we have to start doing things that we're fearful of in that way. We need to get past our fearful patterns, certainly now, you know, with all these things that are going on, we need to kind of start facing our fears. And I suppose this would be facing my fear about kind of being interviewed and, and shown, I suppose. So thank you for helping me face my fear. Didn't have time to think about it because you only, it was only like, what, you gave, what, when did you tell me about an hour ago. <laughs> so I didn't have time to really think about it. And I'm so glad I didn't have time. So again, perfect timing. Yes, see? perfect timing. I love it. Yeah. yeah well, you timing. sent me your website, uh, TeresaKahn.com, and I noticed that you have published uh, a few books. Uh, yeah. We're, we're both book authors now, so another connection that we have. What were your books about, and uh, why did you write? Well, the first, the first one is The Little Book of Life Changes. And that was a book that I wrote when we left. Do you remember I said that we had just left our full-time jobs and we had no job to go to. And uh, we had gone to Spain to see what it was like to live there. And I wrote that during that time in Spain. And it was about the little book of life changes. So it's my record of all the different changes uh, that I had gone through while I was there. But my reflections on it with a, a spiritual kind of twist on it and how you would face change and, and to, in a positive way so the outcome could be positive, basically, and in an energy kind of way because that's what I know. And so that's what that's about, you know. Isn't that a, a Kindle version you, you have a Kindle uh, version available yeah a kindle and a, a kindle and a um hog there are people listening that uh, are going through some 
really big changes right now because of fires or or hurricanes or who knows what uh, might be going on. They could just go to Amazon and look up Teresa Kahn, K-A-H-N, or the little book of life changes. Life changes. Yeah, yeah. right. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, and, I'm, and it's a little book, right? It's not a 500 page. It's a little book. It's not a, no, no, it's a little book. I, I, I started off with little books and then I went on to the the latest one which is called the one and i wrote that again in spain when we happened to live in a, a different place and when we had come back here to live in london then we went back to spain uh several years later in during one of our winters there and we just happened also to be living in uh i had already said that i was going to do this book and i was it was the title came to me as the one i always get the title before i even get the writing hmm. and so we happened to uh be renting a villa we found a villa and it was number one i've never lived in a uh, a place with the address number one so everything was connecting and you know i do that i kind of <laughs> and that's really about my eternal truths and different kind of things about gratitude about blessings about you know just my eternal truths basically and revelations and again kind of more spiritual kind of things i i write those types of books because that's how i see things i kind of go a little bit deeper and then and it's it's how i see things and how i it's it seeing things in this way and and practicing these things that i tell people Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what I, I live it basically mm -hmm. um, I kind of live what I say and I, I kind of do the experiment myself and if it works for me then I'm speaking from my eternal truths and then uh, I, I'm sharing them with others and seeing if it would work for them and mm -hmm. that's what I do when I work with people too I, I'm speaking from my own experiences as well as using some of the tools that i have in my toolbox so i have a mixture of, of mm -hmm. many things very eclectic things. yes yeah so uh, that's what that's about when you do organizational stress management did you work with small groups of people or were you looking at structure of the organization you mentioned the word mindfulness uh, i worked with uh, small groups within the organization I didn't do the organizational so much. I did a few uh, sometimes, but it worked out that it was mainly groups of people. The organization had asked me to work with. Ah, and so you incorporate from your toolkit various things toolkit. you could put under the umbrella name of mindfulness. This is an example. When they go for lunch, a lot of times you see in offices where they're eating their sandwich while they're working and that's their lunch and they're, you know, working and, and talking on the phone and taking a bite out of their sandwich. Well, that's not very mindful, is it? So it, it could be a simple technique like that where it, within the group, I, I would give them something to eat and I would ask them to mindfully eat it and to taste it and chew it and feel what it feels like and swallow it and you know they were amazed i mean i happened to give them biscuits which are cookies in in in, 
in American English. And some of them said, oh, if I was at home, I would have eaten the whole pack of uh, biscuits. Uh, you know, but doing it this way, it made them realize that they tasted the sugar and said, oh my God, I didn't realize I was eating a whole packet of biscuits because they weren't being mindful. So something simple like that. You mm -hmm. know? Um, yeah, so it's, and also doing some mindful meditation. Mm -hmm. See, I used to be a stress management teacher myself um, with small oh. groups and at one time was in a hospital setting and so i created a a way to do we didn't call it mindfulness back then but it was the same thing where you become more aware of what you're doing what you're thinking what you're feeling become more intentional in uh, in why am i doing this and that so yeah it's a it's it's a needed work forever uh, i don't think you one would ever be out of work if that was the line of work that they were in Great, great. Yeah, it's very, it's very important to be conscious, isn't it? It to be mindful. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's so important to be aware of you know what you put in your mouth, what you how you think uh, about yourself and other people, and mm -hmm. um, you know it's 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 very important. You have to be more and more conscious these days, especially now. You know, there are a lot of people who need assisting, mm -hmm. and you know we're there to help them and to help them with some of the techniques and tools. I mean, I, I'm sure you have a toolkit full of various tools like myself. So, you know, it's really important that, that we're out there. So when you use the word mindfulness or I use it, if I'm not mindful, then I'm sort of on automatic pilot or even I use the word robotic because I've, I'm not conscious of what I'm doing necessarily. Uh, I'm certainly not focused on it. And so my question to you, which is not just to you, but it, it's sort of a, a question that maybe for the ages, is there any point in trying to get someone to become mindful if they don't ask for help? That's a good question, actually. You know, I, I think you have to ascertain, is it that they don't ask for help because they're shy, <laughs> but they would want help, or they just don't want help. And, and in that case, you know, you can't force yourself on them. It's, it's, yeah. I think anyway, people will, you know, they come when they want help. And it makes it obviously easier because then they're able to take responsibility and also you know, I'm the facilitator through all of this. Um, you know, I, I'm not taking responsibility. They take responsibility. And then hence they become empowered and want to make that change. And obviously it's better that they want to make changes. Otherwise they wouldn't come to you. I, I rarely have anybody who doesn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, and usually it's when somebody's in such a desperate place that they will probably seek help but it's very difficult to you know uh to force yourself on somebody who doesn't feel like they need to change and, so, mm -hmm. and you know there's no judgment there either mm -hmm. absolutely not right right so uh i know it's sometimes difficult to see people that seem to be hurting and yet 
they have not yet asked for help and uh, yeah that's difficult isn't it yeah no, it's no. very difficult i know it's hard especially you know when one is sensitive to to kind of come across that it, it's really hard and i suppose all we can do is is is, is send loving energy towards mm -hmm. them you know yep. i mean and pray like you know pray praying is so powerful I did have an interesting opportunity in my career as a college teacher. I had the responsibility of teaching a two-credit hour required health class. So wow. they had to take my class in order to ever graduate. And if you think about the history of someone thinking, oh, I've got to take a health class. So my opportunity was to create an atmosphere where they did not want to miss the next class. It wasn't as though they wanted to change themselves so much as, as they would see things presented or discussions we would have or topics that were new for them. They could see that there were changes that could happen if maybe they thought about it differently. So there are ways to approach it, but you, you almost have to get a captive audience <laughs> if, uh, if, yeah. if you put it that way. Yeah. I think that's an excellent way to approach it, you know, to create it in that way. So it's, it, it, they see it for themselves. It's like, like I, it's like putting a mirror up so that, which I tend, I see myself as putting the mirror up so they can see it for themselves. And, and make those decisions and, and for themselves. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of, again, helping them along the way, but allowing them to kind of uh, direct it in a sense, like you, you did. Again, we're, we're talking about a, a, a maybe different language, but kind of doing the same thing. Uh, I think so, way. yeah. I yeah, so. yeah. And we, yeah. we both. It, it, isn't it like religions as well? I mean, you know, in the end, different religions, but kind of going to the same point, perhaps, in the long run. Well, hopefully, if, if their intent is love, for instance, or yes, gratitude, exactly. or, you know, we come back yeah. to your book of the one of basic principles, of basic truths that you have and yeah basic truth yeah so uh, i'm sure at least religions would start out with a an intent to do that it, i don't know why they fight each other if that's if they have a common intent but yet we do know why they fight because they think that maybe their truth is more valuable than what somebody else calls their truth so we get hung up on things like that yeah and i suppose that's why we have this opportunity to find our truths mm -hmm. you know by going within uh, because i always believe that you know the more and more that i work in this way i'm finding my inner truths more we all have that we all have the power uh within ourselves so i'm finding that more and more we're powerful beings. I mean, we really have the answers, but if only we will look and, and, and go within, you know, that's difficult for some people. 
my it would it was difficult for my mother she passed you know unfortunately a year ago um she didn't like quiet she she just she liked a lot of you know action and movement and radio on television on she she didn't like to be alone and go within and but she gave me that gift where i learned to love silence <laughs> and that's how i started going within so she actually gave me a gift there because it's hard some people don't want to face their fears yeah so when we hear that phrase we have all the answers within i have resistance to that because, do you? Okay. Yeah, I do. because i say we have access to answers and we may have to go within or become silent to get the answers but i don't think they were already necessarily in me i think we can receive answers from outside so to speak i know it's that back to that space and time well, you, thing. You, yeah i i agree uh, you can get answers from outside but you one would be amazed at the answers that you get within when you do go to that quiet space within there's so much there it's incredible and that's where i get a lot of mine mm -hmm. i mean i get them outside as well don't get me wrong you get them through beautiful books like this yeah when i say outside i don't mean outside physically i mean uh, I would attribute answers that I get to something outside of me that's providing it. And therefore I say thank you, or I give gratitude to whatever that source of answers. Oh, I see. Yeah, of course. I get, okay, I see what you mean. Yes, uh, definitely. But you can't, you, you, you can't be, I feel from my experience, you, you, it's harder to become attuned to that if you're not going within either and having those quiet spaces within. You can get that, like you said, where you get the, from where it comes. Definitely, I get a lot of that. But I think one could miss a lot of that if they don't have that practice either. Oh, I agree. Do you know what I oh, mean? I totally that agree. Practice of being in, in quiet space. Yeah, yeah, in quiet space and, and yeah. going within. That, that, that works because, you know, they're one in, almost one in the same almost. It, it ties together. So, yes, I agree with you. Uh, I suppose we needed to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Cool. Yeah. I thought we did agree. I thought we would. Yeah. <laughs> just no, but no, yeah. Another one of those language things. That, uh, yeah, that yeah. Uh, no, I get so much from out. And that's how I'm living my life more now. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you're living life more like that now as well? Oh, totally. Where yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of surrendered now more and more to that way because I, I find it, it's, it's, I've learned to trust it, I suppose. I've learned to trust it 
and um, it, 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 I'm never disappointed mm. when I'm connected in that way. Mm -hmm. Never disappointed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wonderful. We don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> no, but it, it just, it then it, it spurs you on to continue to live in that way and to be in that way and get kind of guidance in that way and answers in that way, I think. Right. At least for me. To trust. Um, yeah, to trust in that you, Yeah, to trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to trust in that process. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. What a great uh, place to sort of wrap it up uh, a bit. Trust. Yeah. Trust in the process yeah. of, of going within and, and trust that the answers, wherever exactly they come from, uh, will be uh, presented. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you find that it's, it's, are you ever disappointed when you you follow where you get that inspiration it comes in a like a subtle i don't know how it works for you a subtle um uh, uh i i want to say a subtle word that comes or a subtle voice i don't know if you hear it by voice but you know that subtleness that how it comes for you uh that's how it comes for me go both when i go within and when i'm i'm living my life and mm. and it comes in that way too do you um are you ever, do you not ever follow it or do you always go with, go with it? Well, because I don't have a specific expectation, I don't have a disappointment. Um, and the only really, I could give several examples, but one in particular uh, is how I got this radio show I had just gone in to a quiet meditation, gone within and said, uh, okay, what is it that, that I need to be doing next with my life? I had written my book, I had my wonderful teaching career and I just let it that. I asked the question and then got up and went about my day and my week and almost forgot that I'd asked the question until actually with, within about a week, I was presented with a man that had a radio show. And then within a day or two, he couldn't keep doing his radio show and thought I might be doing his radio show. And, 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 and I had a radio show and it was kind of a perfect fit. So it wasn't at that, at that point I said, Oh, that's, that was the answer because I'd asked the question. Uh, so it doesn't often yeah. happen as dramatically as that, but uh, that that's, yeah. But that's the first step is to ask, isn't it? Oh yeah, because, yeah. Because, yeah, and, and, and that's like almost a, a, the first simple step is to ask. When you don't ask, then how can you receive? We need to ask. So that's the first step. That's in my book as well. One of those steps is to ask. <laughs> so you ask, but then it is then to, um, and you, you weren't um, uh, attached to the outcome because we don't want to be attached to the outcome. 
you just allow it to sort of, you know, just be open and allow it. You know, we don't, an example would be that when you post a letter, you don't start thinking about where it goes, the, the actual letter, where it goes and who has handled it and how it's going to get there. You just, you just let it go. It's the same kind of thing. You let it go and you did that, didn't you? And did you listen to, were you listening, you know, you, how did you meet this guy that came about the radio show? How did you, how did oh, my wife and I just uh, went over to a place where we like to listen to music and she bumped into the radio guy and had a conversation and said, Oh, Dick, you better meet this guy. He's got a radio show. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was all the yeah. mystical, magical, wonderful ways that uh, yeah. the universe yeah. works. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the wonderful thing about it, isn't it? It is uh, how the universe works mm -hmm. and it works just like that. Uh, well, that's an example of how it can work. Um, so you're open to it and you're, you're receiving. And then you have to receive, you know, it's, it's allowing yourself to receive. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so. so the hard thing in today's world, and I, here we're talking about this sort of at the end of the call, but uh, people are losing their homes, losing all of their possessions that they collected for however many years, losing pets, losing family members. Uh, that's a whole different kind of uh, way of happenings that people don't ask for and yet they happen and and the pain and the loss and the frustration and so there there's a lot of that going on and um, i i find yeah. I, I i i find myself being quite separated from it yet in a way yearning to feel what they feel because i'm i'm not in their situation you know, it's an odd, it's an odd place to be. It is, yeah, it is an odd place to be, but it, 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 um, we can do what we can do, like you know, the prayers, praying. We, we, we can, we can do what we can do to help. You know, when one is meditating, sending out, you know, um, love, you know, through our hearts and, and, and praying, like I said, as you know, is so powerful praying and, you know, and, and joining groups like we've joined to come together as one to, to make it even more powerful and stronger and do it that way. Uh, yeah. As well. I mean, you know, we could, yeah. I mean, I, I notice in London when I go out, there's so many people, much more people, uh, on the streets, living on the streets, um, which is, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every time I go out, I feel like, oh, my heart, it's just, it's like yeah. that. And I, yeah, your heart, it's kind of, the, it's, it's, it's painful to see. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, you know, when we join in groups and we gather in that way, it becomes very powerful when we send out through our hearts, the love, mm -hmm. and when we pray in groups, and as well on our own is powerful as well. So we can only do what we can do, but we do it as long as we do it, then 
we're, we're, I, I believe we're making some difference on maybe uh, in the energy we're making uh, mm. the difference. Maybe they didn't, we didn't get them a new house, so we didn't get them, you know, a lot of these things, but it's working. So we mustn't negate that. We're not doing anything. I, I, I believe we are doing. Um, do you agree? I, I agree. And I, I think it's important to hear you say that. Uh, it's, it's helpful. And, I, and I, I think we're not alone in feeling somewhat helpless. And yet, we need to be mindful that we can direct energies, positive energies, uh, as well as monies or whatever else we have available to us. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I mean, because again, I, as I said, we're very powerful beings in that way. Um, and um, there are a lot more people coming together and, uh, yeah, in, in, in such a positive way and opening up to um, what they want to see as a, 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 a loving, compassionate uh, way of living on all levels so um yeah so i think we're making some changes but maybe not so directly as you're saying in that way and i think we need to see that um because it becomes very painful otherwise otherwise doesn't yeah. it yeah, yeah it becomes very painful and then that's not good for us right. because then we're not being helpful if we're sitting in the pain mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying we have to really be conscious. Yeah. That's what I mean about being conscious on all levels um, because we're affecting in many ways more and more so now than ever before. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to let that be the last word. Teresa Kahn. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, okay. being more conscious. <laughs> So thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, well, thank you, Dick. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm enjoying it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, uh, this is Teresa Khan that we've been talking to. You can find her at TeresaKahn.com. And uh, please remember that wherever you are, that is your world. Uh, please leave your world cleaner more peaceful and more loving than you found it because if it is to be it is up to us so take care and talk to you soon <laughs>